Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. Clarkdeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day. A very newsy day today. And coming up a little later in today's Clark Rageous Moment, Bank of America has decided to stab people in the back with low balances in their checking account. I'm going to tell you how not to just take it and what you should do with your business you now do with Bank of America. And coming up later yet, one corporate executive has decided to cut his own pay to zero and potentially receive no pay for up to the next 10 years. But on the other hand, if his company meets certain targets, he could end up being the world's wealthiest human. I'm going to tell you the whole concept of true, real performance-based pay, and it's a lesson that a lot of companies could learn where the executives make their zillions even if they drive the company they're running into the toilet or ground or whatever term like that you like. So, one to talk about you having clean clothes. Do you know that having clean clothes is about to get much, much, much more expensive? There is an obscure provision of U.S. law that, to my knowledge, has never actually successfully been used that allows any company in America that manufactures goods to say, oh, poor us, we don't manufacture efficiently and we can't compete with other people, so we want the U.S. government to step in and protect us. So... A U.S. manufacturer of washing machines that is not efficient enough and has not been able to compete with other companies and companies from other countries was able to convince the president to institute 50% surcharges known as tariffs on machines from foreign countries and to impose a cap on how many of these machines could even come in the United States. The effect is that you and I are going to pay for a manufacturer who cannot manufacture efficiently enough, and you and I have made choices in the marketplace where we bought washers that we've wanted to buy because they're cheaper or better or cheaper and better, and now we're going to get punished for making free market decisions. As somebody who, and I got to tell you, I come at this with complete bias because I am an ardent free trader. And I know there's all this political mumbo-jumbo today about, well, I'm for free trade, but I'm also for fair trade. What does that mean? What does that actually mean? And... It's really dicey when you start a trade war that harms your own people. 
So I am very, very, very much opposed to it. But if you, as a practical matter, if you've got a washer in your home that's looking a little long in the tooth, while you can still get one at the the pre-market interference prices, I would go ahead and do so. And by the way, really good washers that are high efficiency, you can buy that are large capacity washers easily for under $500 and often under $400 and get one that has great ratings from your fellow homeowner or renter, people who wash clothes, right? And not spend a lot of money and beat the new punitive tariffs. There's, there's also, and that got like no publicity because there was another tariff that was put into place to try to prevent people from installing solar. And that one's going to fail because the efficiency of solar has increased so much in the last few years that the tariffs on solar panels will amount to a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. You may hear a lot or read a lot or see a lot of angst from people about the new tariffs on solar and how many American jobs may, in fact, be lost. And I don't see it. I don't believe it. I'm opposed to the tariffs just because I don't like that whole thing. But solar and wind, natural gas, these forms of energy have proven themselves in the marketplace and are only becoming better as ways for us to supply energy in the United States. And then you throw batteries into the mix, which are getting more and more affordable, and our power grid getting much more efficient and much more reliable is part of our future, even with silly tariffs on solar panels. Stephen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Stephen. Hi, Clark. Nice to speak with you. Well, nice to have you along, Stephen. You want to talk about your grandkids. What's going on with them? Well, uh, my son, who uh, lives in Maryland, um, he's 37, and he decided to set up a 529 plan uh, for college education for the oldest one, who's three. The other one's one. Um, he decided to go with a T. Rowe Price, and uh, they evidently recommended the Maryland one. Uh, uh, it has fairly low fees, uh, they said, and it has a tax benefit for him because he lives in Maryland. And I uh, looked on your website uh, after um, he sent me the email on that, and I noticed Maryland isn't one of the ones that you have actually on the dean's list or the honorable list. Uh, yeah, because Maryland, Maryland's plan can get pricey, but if, uh, as an example... So Maryland, if you go in what are known as the age-based portfolios, which okay. is where the money in it steadily adjusts, you said you've got a one-year-old grandchild? Yeah, one, uh, one, one, is, one is one, the other is three. So the and one-year-old is going to be a graduating high school class of the year of 2034, is that right? Uh, yeah, I guess that would be right. Wow. So for the 2034 child... The expenses are nearly three-quarters of a point, which is by what 529 plans used to be, that would have been considered to be good. 
but today 529 plans have gotten cheaper and cheaper and the way I decide whether a plan makes my honor roll or my dean's list is that they are all in on keeping the expenses down. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm always looking for. So in the case of Maryland, the case, the reason to invest in the Maryland T. Rowe Price plan would be because of the Maryland state tax benefit. That's, that's what he said. And he put had. in only up to the amount that he, that he would receive the state tax benefit. Mm-hmm. If he wants to save more for the one-year-old and three-year-old, I would say what you do is that you can have as many 529 plan accounts as you want. Okay. That beyond what would earn the Maryland state tax benefit to go with one of my dean's lists with high honors plans as the secondary plan. Okay. And that way you get the best of both worlds. You get the tax benefit that Maryland would extend for putting money in. You get the tax-free growth, the tax-free spending for the three-year-old and one-year-old's college way down the road. And then beyond the tax benefit for putting money in, the rest of the money goes in with tax-free earnings and tax-free spending in one of the ultra-low-cost plans. Yeah, I believe he gets a $2,500 uh, tax benefit uh, per year up to probably 10 years or so. So that and, would be uh, great. To, and, you know, he may not intend to put more money than that in each year. Yeah, I I don't know how much he's putting in. Uh, as long as as long as he is at or below that cap to get the tax benefit, that's Maryland. Everything else is money should travel somewhere else. Like it could go to New York, it could go to Utah, it could go to Iowa. One of the ones, uh, California. One of the ones that's my dean's list with high honors. Okay, it sounds great. So it's it's more complication to do two plans, but it's more efficient to do two plans. Yeah, I will uh, relay that to him, and uh, uh, hopefully he'll uh, take your advice. All right, and I hope you're really enjoying your one- and three-year-old grandkids. Oh, they're great. They really are. Uh, My wife and I really do enjoy them. That is wonderful, and the great thing about grandkids, you can hand them back. So Ruth is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ruth. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Ruth. Now, you have a question for me that I have really had to noodle prior, so let's see if I can give a decent answer this time. What's the scoop? <laughs> well, I hope so. Um, I, I take your advice. I, I love what you do. So for years, ever since you started advising it, I have a separate computer that I use to do my banking online and my um, trade uh, um, stock trade. Okay, so... Like, on my, I never go on my email or do any uh, searching on the web on that computer. But on my regular computer, on my email, I get these emails from Mint and from Credit Karma telling me, log in, see what your current credit score is, or see how your spending is going. And I'm wondering if on another computer, if I actually go into those sites, if I'm putting myself at risk of having uh, somebody hack into my account. What a great question. This is the one I really had to think through. What is what should be done on a financial computer? And Mm -hmm. I've come to a a feeling that you're best off doing Mint and Credit Karma on your non-financial computer. 
Oh, really? Okay. Because the information you're seeing there is not to the depth of what you have if you've signed into a brokerage account, a mutual fund account, a bank account, uh, a 401k account. Those are the kind of things, bill pay account, those are the things I want segregated on the financial only computer. Okay. Great. So well, that's great advice. I, I just every time I do that I think, oh my goodness, now I'm gonna be in really bad shape. <laughs> so, you know, credit karma, I've been really thinking about the credit karma angle. And mm-hmm. what I've learned is that credit karma is only as good as you let it be in your life. And oh, yes. you if you follow their suggestions you can have a significant impact on your credit score by monitoring what are the things that are raising and lowering your score. And mm-hmm. they, they talk you through it. They tutor you through doing right. the things that will help you raise your score. Right. Yeah, I think it's a great site. I just wanted to be sure I wasn't going to be in trouble because I've had my email hacked before. So. Oh, I'm just, sorry. Well... <laughs> You know, it's, I, probably anybody in this world could tell you that at this point, right? Well, anybody but, who has ever had a Yahoo account is someone mm-hmm. whose information was compromised, and right. anybody who uses a legacy Yahoo has probably received a lot of notices about having to change the password. They've had to notify people to change them two different times because right. the depth of the breach was so great. Right. Well, I unfortunately haven't had that, so that's good. So, I, and I don't know. It's just you know somebody. I don't know what it was, but anyway, it wasn't a big deal. But just ha- you know, you can even have your Facebook. I had my Facebook account hacked. So, and that could be really hazardous to your life, as all your friends think you've suddenly become a completely different kind of person, going through a complete personality change just instantly. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about something that is to be expected the giant monster mega banks are only interested in you as a walking fee machine and bank of america had a free checking account that they would not allow anybody in over the last five years but there were a lot of people that were still in it even though bank of america didn't want anybody in free checking accounts unless they had huge account balances so now they are eliminating the free checking for people who were grandfathered in And people have started a petition that already 50,000 people have signed saying, Bank of America, don't take away our free checking. And that is exactly the wrong thing you should be doing. And it's the purpose of today's Clark Rageous Moment to tell you what you should be doing about Bank of America. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So the story is that with Bank of America eliminating free checking for people who already have it, who did not meet the high minimum balances and all that, is you fire Bank of America. Don't waste your time signing some petition to try to get Bank of America to do something they don't want to do anyway. Because we've got a ton of online banks that have extremely high customer satisfaction numbers that never have a fee on a checking account. No minimums, nothing. They advertise on TV all the time. 
Simple is an example, and there are a ton of them that are offering free checking accounts. So just go to one of those and forget Bank of America or any other giant monster mega bank that wants to charge you fees. Or keep it local. Go to a local credit union. Almost all credit unions, although there can be exceptions because they're not a monolith, almost all credit unions offer free checking accounts. Free. No fee. No hassle. Because they're co-ops. They're owned by their members. Who's Bank of America looking out for? People with huge money and their stockholders. Well, those are different people, but they both have huge money. So it's Bank of America's in business for itself, not for you. So don't try to change their mind. Change banks. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show in the Empowerment Zone, where you're empowered with knowledge so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. You can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Yeah, it's frustrating when we, so many of us over the last 10 years, have faced layoffs or hours cut back or during the worst of the Great Recession, seeing pay cut. I mean, so much went on over the last decade. But through it all, the CEOs of enterprises that had problems or were failing still got their massive payouts. I mean, recently, it's reported, and who knows how true it is, Marissa Meyer, who had a lot of trouble figuring out how to turn Yahoo around, her severance package was, uh, by one estimate, $112 million. And there was a guy who had been CEO of Home Depot when Home Depot was having a tough time who was estimated to have gotten $134 million to leave. And there was a guy who was CEO of United who was under a cloud for potential illegal activity going on at United, got roughly $30 million, plus got perks for life in first class, company car for the rest of his life, all those kind of things. And this is a story over and over again that there's, there's this E-suite thing where the executives and what they get in their packages are completely separate from how a company actually succeeds or fails. So this is crazy. You know this guy, Elon Musk, who is like the perfect combination of brilliant and crazy? which is why he's been able to do all these things with, with satellites and rockets and um, batteries and electric cars and who knows what else he's into, solar panels. Anyway, this guy is now going to have a pay package that will pay him absolutely nothing year after year. And he will only receive any pay at all if the company makes these massive targets for value and profit. And I like that. I mean, I like the idea that 
instead of somebody being coddled and heads they win, tails they win, that's not how life should work. It doesn't work that way for a company employees. Employees always suffer or benefit based on the caliber and quality of the management a company has. So what management gets should be directly related to how well they do serving their employees and in turn, as a result, serving customers. But today, that's not how corporate America works. And so this guy, Elon Musk, saying, I'm worth nothing, nothing, if I don't increase value for the shareholders. On the other hand, there are these targets set up that he has to make his company, one of the most successful companies in the history of capitalism, and if he does over a multi-year period, then he will end up potentially as the world's richest person. So that's way past double or nothing. And you may wonder, why does it even matter? Because the guy's already worth, I don't know, a billion and a half dollars. But I love that he is willing to work for free unless he can make the people who buy the stock benefit from what value he creates. And I'm not saying that corporate CEOs should be paid nothing unless they meet certain targets. But they shouldn't receive $100 million when they're given the boot. $100 million, really. I mean, come on, even after tax, that's a lot of money. So, just my thought, Ty paid a performance, real performance, and these gaps in pay between everyday people and the bosses, that's a problem, particularly if the bosses get the money just for breathing and get even more for failing in the job. Kevin's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Clark. So, Kevin, how would you feel about going to work for year after year and getting no pay? Uh, I'm almost there. Are you really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. What is yeah. going on with you, Kevin? Well, I'm a longtime listener. Um, I know you like helping veterans. You're helping one right now by taking my call. Well, thank you um, for your service. Which branch? Uh, I was in the Army. I was a combat medic. Wow, you saw a lot of tough stuff in your day. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for your bravery, and thank you for your patriotism and service to this great nation. It's my pleasure. Um, so I'm a, uh, I'm a single dad with three kids. Um, my wife is four months into a 10-year prison sentence. and um, Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough situation. How are the kids? And, um, How old are your children? They're uh, four, seven, and nine. So the seven and nine-year-old are old enough to understand that mom's gone to prison. How are, how are they acting up? How are they doing? They're, all of them are um, having behavioral problems. I'm um, sorry. Luke is my, uh, is my youngest, and he's having a really hard time. He, um, he wakes up in the middle of the night crying for mommy and 
you know, they, they all want to see her, but he's having the hardest time of all. I am really sorry. Thank you. Wow. How can, how can I be of service? Because that sounds like a very difficult situation you find yourself in. Yes, it is. Well, um, so before my wife went to jail, she um, got five credit cards, really bad ones, like the high interest, high fee kind. Um, she got them all in her name, but she got them without me knowing about them and uh, ran up a balance on all of them. And I didn't hear anything about them until she had already been in jail for a month. And um, so now I've got all these credit card bills. That and, you um, are not responsible for. Okay, that's that was my question because my in-laws are telling me I am responsible for them, and um, I didn't. Uh, let me tell you how that works. Um, in a handful of states, and I'm trying to remember which ones are community property states, but they're just a small handful. In those, as a spouse, you would be responsible as if you were your wife for those credit card bills. Let's see. There's. Uh, I'll just name them quickly. Alaska, Arizona, California, Idaho, Louisiana, Nevada, New Mexico, Texas, and Washington. Oh, and Wisconsin. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I guess, are community property states. And the other 41, which you live in one of the other 41, you are not yeah. responsible for your wife's credit card debts. Excellent. Excellent. So the, the credit card companies will try to... Uh, they, they won't lie out and out, but they'll try to convince you that you're responsible for them and you are not. All right, that's what they're doing. And um, the other thing is I, I was, my credit score was threatened. Is there any way this could affect my uh, credit? Only if one of the credit card companies, one of the banks, either by mistake or on purpose, listed this on your credit. Were you an authorized user with a second card on any of the five accounts? No. All right. So you are not legally responsible. You are not morally responsible. You are not ethically responsible. You are not responsible for any of these debts. Outstanding. Thank you, sir. Yeah, the only exception would be if you were receiving direct benefit, but that would be a hard argument for one of the credit card companies to make. Yeah, I didn't even know about them. Right, so this is, this is not your thing, they're not your responsibility, and I would make a suggestion, uh, you live in what state? Uh, Georgia. All right, so in Georgia, that's what's known as a one-party permission state, but if any collector from a bank calls, you can record the phone call, you, you have an app on your phone that'll record the calls, you can tell okay. them you're recording them. You live in one-party state, which means you're not technically required to tell them, except the caller could be call calling from another state. So the best thing is say, just as they always say you're on a recorded line, just tell them they're on a recorded line. Okay. And if they send any demand letters to you, you need to respond to them and tell them that, that uh, you're really sorry that this occurred but you are not a legally responsible party for these debts don't give big explanations just send that back and just make sure that if they send something in writing to you that you respond back disputing that you have any responsibility or liability and track your credit reports 
Have you ever heard me talk about Credit Karma and Credit Sesame? Yes, yes. Set up accounts with both of those, track okay. your credit reports, make sure nothing of these debts ever shows up on your credit reports. If they do, you challenge their placement on your reports. Okay, okay, I'll do that. And I want to wish you the best with the kids. Are you in a position that you can get them some counseling? Um, no, we, we used to be able to do that, but um, I've got a real child care dilemma, and um, I, I want to get them in counseling, but I don't have that for them right now. I don't have a way to get them that. All right. Um, gosh, I, I'm hoping that someone, Kevin, will call with a suggestion how to get that counseling for your kids, especially, I mean, it really hurt me when you were talking about your four-year-old. Yeah, it, it breaks my heart every day. So, um, so hopefully someone listening to us will give a suggestion. We'll be able to get back in touch with you. And best to you and your three kids. And also, uh, your wife sounds like she has a really hard road in front of her. Nick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Nick. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Nick. How can I be of service for you? Well, I'm a longtime fan, uh, a huge uh, listener to your show, but I have a dilemma going on. My girlfriend and I are looking to buy a new car in about 18 months, but her car has just decided it's not going to wait that long for us. So my question is, is it bad if we were to lease a vehicle knowing we're going to buy it and just buy it at the end of the lease term? That way we don't have to get stuck buying a car we don't want now. All right. Better suggestion for you. There are people every day who are stuck in leases trying to get out of them. Okay. And there are services that uh, they don't have uh, pristine customer approval kind of reviews, but you can take over somebody's lease for the remaining months of the lease. So instead of being obligated to a lease for a long term, you could just finish out their lease for them. You know, somebody could have a lease vehicle and they end up getting a free car from work, and then they've got that lease vehicle that's just costing them money they're not using. Okay. And one of the companies is called Swap-A-Lease. It's been around for a long time, and you can go on there and you can see what might be available right now that fits the time window you're looking for. So you're essentially finishing out somebody else's obligation. You get them out from under it, you take it over and then at the end of the lease you're done with it and i like that more than you doing something where you go in leasing a vehicle that at the end you're going to buy that gets awfully complicated you got a new vehicle you're paying all the depreciation on it from brand new but if you do the tail end of a lease financially that works better in this kind of circumstance Okay, and do those, do you still have to put the down payment or you just take over someone's payments on those types of leases? It depends on the terms and conditions of taking over that lease. Okay. So what you do is you go to swap a lease. They have a competitor whose name I can't remember right now, but you go there, you do a registration, you tell them what you're looking for, and they'll just tell you the terms and conditions without obligation to you, and you see if that'll work for you. All right, that's a great idea. I never thought of that. I've never even heard of that. And so usually I'm talking to people who are at the other end of it who are in a lease that they need out of a really bad way. Yeah. And so I'm usually talking about getting them out. In your case, 
you're the solution to their problem. <laughs> yes, I, I just need to buy a bridge for about 18 months. And I think this is the way to get it done for yourself. There's also one called Lease Trader. And look at both of them and see which one best fits your circumstance, your situation. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Casey is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Casey. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I am. It's going great. So, Casey, you've been offered something free from work, and you don't know if it's even worth taking. Exactly. And uh, first of all, I'd like to say that it's a real honor to speak with you. I listen to you every day on my way uh, to and from work. And so, uh, and it's just a really honor to speak with you. And I learn something new every time I listen. Well, you were so Um, kind to say that. We all learn from each other, as you notice, as you listen over time. It's all of us together, collective wisdom. Exactly. And I'm getting to the point now where when people call in and have questions, I'm I uh, pretty much know what you are going to say. <laughs> so Well, then I just need to give bad advice a couple of times to confuse you. <laughs> well, my, uh, my question relates to credit freeze and credit monitoring. And uh, so, as you always advise everybody, I've frozen my wife's and my credit with the three credit bureaus. Great job. Uh, beginning, yeah, and beginning of this year... The firm I work for offered to provide free credit monitoring through one of the paid credit monitoring services as a benefit of being an employee. And um, so, but since I already have my credit frozen, is there any point to me even signing up for that? Would, would it be a, I, a I don't know me? of a specific benefit. Do you have to give a credit card number so they could charge you if you leave that place of employee, or does it just stop if you were to change jobs? You know, I didn't even get that far. I, if, if you um, could sign up for it and there's no risk to you of ever having to pay for it yourself, it's just sitting there as a potential additional alert system in place, ah, take it. But if, oh, okay. but if they make you register and give a credit card for some point in the future, don't. I'd say it's not worth more than free to have credit monitoring if you've already done the important thing, which is to freeze your credit, and good job on your part getting that done. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. 
if you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Health and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice. <laughs>